listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me, as always, is... F. Murray Abraham. Did you kill Mozart? I killed Mozart, and you shall not trust me. You know, somehow I knew the second we were going to talk about Last Action Hero, you were going to say you were the guy that killed Mozart. (laughs) 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 All right, Josh, we're going to let you have that one. Uh, th- as Good. I has noted, we are talking about Last Action Hero, and before we get into anything else, I want to touch upon something that is just my own personal thing, uh, and not reflective on anything else, but I always attributed this as a James Cameron movie, and it's not. No, it is not. It's a McTiernan. Um, but for whatever reason, I just assumed it was a James Cameron movie, because in many ways it feels like a parody of like things James Cameron would do, even though it's not. Yeah, well, because like McTiernan also he he did good movies, obviously, uh-huh. but it doesn't have the same uh, I don't know je ne sais quoi that Last Action Hero has. Yeah, well, I mean they've all they've all done action movies, and this is definitely a parody yeah. of everything. And when you're parodying Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger, um, action movies, you're parodying anything James Cameron has done. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie is just such a hodgepodge of everything that it's... It is. Yeah, I mean, it's a satire, so... It is. Well, it, it's it's a weird movie. Like, 100%, I can understand why it only made uh, time and a half back at the box office. You know, it cost, like, 85 to make, uh, 85 mil, and it made something on the order of 150, 160. I'm not going to go look it up, but somewhere around. Yeah. So it, it did fine, but it didn't do what Arnold Schwarzenegger should do at the box office. And part of that's because it's such a weird fucking movie, and it's hard to advertise it without spoiling everything about the movie. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of how to like talk about it without ruining all of it. Well, it's, it's from the mid-90s. We can ruin it all we want now. No, was, yeah, that's true. No, that this was like the start of, or almost the start of his, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's kind of... Uh, Going away from slow slide, uh, yeah, yeah, because what I think twins came out before this, right? Oh, yeah, and then he had like kindergarten cop, this movie, junior, and, and like just all the like the weird comedy stuff. True Lies came out after this, which was a much better parody of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, that was a fun one, and that yeah. was a James Cameron that was a James Cameron movie again. Yeah. One of the reasons why I have problems with this is. <laughs> Hard, hard, hard to keep them straight in my head. But right. there's also, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger's committed to this movie. He's all in on it, and it's great for him. But I think one of my biggest issues with it is I really hate the kid sidekick. Yeah, um, yeah. I hate kid sidekicks to begin with, except for Short Round. <laughs> but... Oh, you know, this movie would have been so much better with Short Round. Yeah, if it was Short Round, it would have been way better. Way better. I would have been all in on that. And congrats to Short Round getting an Oscar, by the way. I'm sure he loves that we're going to continue calling him Short Round. Hey, just remember, there's no time for love, Dr. Jones. <laughs> I suppose it's better than us just calling him Data over and over again. Yeah, Short Round was such a better movie. <laughs> the Adventures of Our Short character. Round. No, it's The Adventures of Short Round. I don't care what you say otherwise. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one else in that movie had, did nearly as much to save that movie as Short Round did. <laughs> but no, getting getting back to Last Action Hero. For those who are unaware, 
the the gist of the movie is is we have a child who really shouldn't be going to R-rated movies who is a huge fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger's movies. Uh, it's a fake series within there, the Jack Slater series, which never came out in real life. But that allows him to parody it without having to worry about any particular property. But he's a huge fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger to the point that even when he's in class, he ends up daydreaming about Arnold Schwarzenegger being an action hero in things like Hamlet, which, let me tell you, that was a spot-on parody. Like, the, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was fantastic. But, so he loves this, he loves Arnold Schwarzenegger, he loves the character of Jack Slater. Uh, when the new Jack Slater movie, Jack Slater 4, is coming out, he gets a early chance to watch it uh, while the usher he knows, the projectionist he knows, at a theater that's about to close down. Uh, which, if we're going to talk about details of the movie, if this theater is about to close down, why are they getting a new blockbuster? That's mm. a little weird. Anyway, he gets yeah. a chance with this usher to go see the new Jack Slater movie before it actually even shows up in theaters. Uh, when he shows up in the theater, this old guy, who's his friend, gives him a golden ticket he somehow got from Harry Houdini, which we need to discuss this detail as well in a sec. Um, uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh <laughs> He tears the ticket in half, and it sparkles with magic. And then as the kid is watching the movie, stuff from the movie comes out into the movie theater and blasts him into the movie, and suddenly he is hanging out with Jack Slater, and hilarity ensues. So, premise-wise, a lot of the magic ticket stuff I was reading wasn't in the original screenplay that was first written. That was added in later by Shane Black, which we also need to discuss. But... Mm. There's a lot of logic inconsistencies I have with this movie. The first of which is Harry Houdini wasn't an illusionist; he was an escape artist. I was, I was. I, that always bugs me too because I'm like, he was a man of science, yeah, and physics, and yeah. he was just a crazy person and fucking with people. Yeah, like him, him having a magic ticket doesn't make a lot of sense. You could have used any other magician of that time period, and it would have worked better than Houdini. Oh, he could have just said Merlin, and it would have been more believable. This has been passed down through the ages. Like, although, why a ticket? It, it, yeah, it, 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 it tracks. It's better than Harry Houdini, because right. he, yeah, yeah. he wasn't magic. Yeah, no, he wasn't mag- He wasn't that kind of magic. It, it, like, it's conflating different things. But, like, the, the parody within the movie is fine. Like, it's it's a dumb action flick that really goes way over the top, which kind of fits for the 1990s. Like, like you could see this Jack Slater running alongside, say, Stallone's Judge Dredd. Yeah, yeah. But this is a much better movie than Judge Dredd, though. <laughs> yeah. Which, is, well, which isn't a hard feat to accomplish. All you gotta do is not put Rob Schneider in it. It's a better movie. <laughs> uh, he probably had a cameo. There's a billion cameos in Last Action Hero. We probably just didn't see him. Danny DeVito as the talking cat. Yeah. yeah, Sharon Stone was in there yeah. as as yeah. a woman who walks out of uh, a police precinct. Yeah, with Robert Patrick. That, which let's let's just focus on that for one second. She's dressed like her character from Basic Instinct. She walks out of the mm. theater. What kid in a PG thirteen movie is going to know Basic Instinct? That one apparently. Apparently, oh, it's just that one's so weird. I. So much of that movie doesn't make nearly as much sense when you think about it from the target perspective. And I think that's more than anything. Like, that's a huge issue with it. Like, yes, it's a PG-13 movie, but it's kind of parodying all the R-rated movies Arnold Schwarzenegger made. 
Uh, even if it was in the period where he was starting to make more PG and PG-13 films. Like, the parody is works much better for an R-rated audience, but the movie doesn't commit to an R-rated rating. It's Yeah, it, mm, yeah. yeah. Which, again, I think this comes back to the changes that were made by the studio when they had it rewritten. When Shane Black came on, and yes, I, I think he snuck in a Christmas reference in there as well, because he always does. That The man has one mode, which is writing Christmas movies. But he perfected the buddy cop comedy, you know, lethal weapons and all that. You can't fault the man for being the guy you tap when you want a script doctor to work on a buddy cop comedy. But he... He did some weird shit to this movie. I don't even know where to begin with the with the weirdness of this. Like, <laughs> the, the I, I'm trying to think of a good segue into it, but it just I'm literally scratching my head right now. I think one of my big issues is that the only time Shane Black has worked on an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that we know of, he may have done some script doctoring that he wasn't credited for, but the only one that we know of where where he worked on a film that Arnold Schwarzenegger worked on was when he was an actor. In Predator. So, yeah. like, if you're gonna... He was, it, he was also the most believable Marine in that, by the way. I know. <laughs> in but my opinion. If you're gonna hire someone to script Dr. Arnold Schwarzenegger films that are parodying Arnold Schwarzenegger films, shouldn't you hire a script doctor that's actually worked on his films before? You would think so. Yeah, like, Shane Black uh, can handle the buddy cup stuff, but this isn't like material that he's naturally attuned to in this particular moment, which makes yeah. his parody of it feel a little hollow. Yeah. So, not that I didn't enjoy the film. Going back and watching it again, I kind of knew how doofy it was going to be, and I could get into it in the moment. But there's there's a lot of material that doesn't. I think is supposed to be funnier than it is, and it just doesn't play. It's it's like the movie's trying too hard. I feel like it's simultaneously trying too hard and not trying at all. <laughs> like it, like it has like so much, so much of it just seems like a cash cow. Uh huh. Like, like maybe they wanted to do some sort of action figure line, or maybe actually make um, a Jack Slater universe of some sort. But, but yeah, like there's. It just seemed like the it was meant to be something, but I don't know what that something was. Yeah, it's definitely much more cartoony than any action flick that Schwarzenegger has actually starred in. And I mean, that, that comes yeah. back to all the weird cameos, all the set design, everything else. It feels very fake in a way that most Arnold Schwarzenegger movies of the era did not. Like, even Predator, yeah. for as heightened as it was, still had a grounded sense of itself, you know? Yeah, it it was just, all of it just very. Does, it doesn't. It, well, it's over the top. And even when I was a kid, I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> well, it's like it's a parody that lines up better with Arnold Schwarzenegger's comedy films than it does with his action movies. Which, yeah. in that sense, I think is why True Lies works better. Uh, and I almost wish I, we'd watch both of them to compare and contrast them at this point. Uh, but it's, I think it's why, like, True Lies works better, is because that one stays not only with closer to a hard R rating, but it also um, actually parodies the kinds of action films that uh, Schwarzenegger was making, and not just, uh, like, Schwarzenegger comedies. This one, feels like a, this one feels like it wants to live in the Schwarzenegger action realm, 
but it wants to parody his comedy aspects. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the best parts of the film are the ones where it's not so winking, nodding at the camera. Uh, like, oh, we're in a fake movie, ha ha ha, and it's just the ones where it actually explores his characters and shows, like, the behind-the-scenes, quote-unquote, the off-camera stuff that you wouldn't normally see, where he just lives in a shitty apartment, and his ex-wife that he keeps saying is in love with him isn't actually, like, like she's completely indifferent to what's going on in his life. Like, those are the moments that felt real and felt interesting from a parody aspect. And it's weird because, like, I like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, huh? but you and I and Arnold Schwarzenegger knows he's not an Oscar performer, no. right? No, 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 like. No, no. No, he knows that's not him. He's okay with that. We're okay with that. We love him anyway. Yeah. But I felt like while I was watching it, he acted his beefy Austrian heart out to the max of his abilities. Yeah. And and tried to, and then he really, really, really tried to make the whole concept of the movie work. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the script was doctored to hell. Uh-huh. Um, the directing was and editing was awful. Like like it, all the scene changes were so jarring that there were times I'm like, where are we at now? What is like and like they put so many pop culture references that didn't need to be in there and there it was like mm-hmm. the 90s version of Ready Player 1 almost, almost. right? Like there's a there's a story there. You can almost see it. You know, the lead actor, for once, was not the issue at all. No. But... There is an interesting movie to be had somewhere in the core of it. Someone accidentally getting transported into the real... Into the action world. Maybe who's a little older and actually understands action movies better. So that he can, like, tweak the rules of it without the characters realizing that he's doing that. So, like, he can help Jack Slater get ahead while the villain uh, is slowly starting to realize that the rules don't necessarily have to apply the way they do. Like, that would be interesting. That's not the movie we got. Uh, no, it, not, it, and, and I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of something like, because I don't like just to crap on stuff, because it is, I guess, at this point, a cult classic. But I mean, it's fun. It is a fun movie in its own way. Uh, it's just not a smart movie. No, and I don't care to watch it again. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is probably the last time I'm going to watch the movie. That's for sure. Yeah, like, I until The Rock remakes it eventually. I enjoyed it. And don't get me wrong. The other parody of this era, The True Lies, has its own Way major better. issues. Well, it is. But it has its own major racist issues that, you know, make it <laughs> yeah, hard it does. to watch. Like, <laughs> the generic Muslim Arabs who are the villains of the film. And you're just sitting there going, could we maybe give them some depth and not have them just be generic Muslim Arabs? They wanted a a nuclear bomb, Mike, for terrorist activities. For terrorist, it's yeah. That that there's some real depth to those characters right there. You know, like it makes you long for the days when we were just fighting generic Soviets, because at least we didn't have to worry about the racist undertones. You know. Well, I will say the guy. I can't remember his name, but the guy who played the lead terrorist. Yeah. He did a pretty good job at being a hateable. Terrorists. I, I'm not saying the actors did a poor job in True Lies. I'm just no, saying I know, the, just, the script did. He, yeah. He went, he oh, was like, like, you know what? I will cash in this check. Let's yeah. go. I have to play generic uh, Muslim terrorist number one. I'm going to play the shit out of him. Yeah. And also, just as an aside to uh, True Lies, James Cameron apparently 
can uh, get Tom Arnold to act. <laughs> he can't, which who, is weird. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew who Tom knew? Arnold had it in him? Did you also? Yeah. Did you know that there's like a unofficial True Lies sequel with Tom? Uh, Arnold? What? Yeah. There's, no. There's there's some there's some movie. I'd have to look up the name again. I don't care that much. If we do a True Lies podcast down the road, I'll actually look it up then. But there's some movie sure. about a guy be a Tom Arnold being hired to write a True Lies sequel. Uh, to, uh, for mm-hmm. a dying kid who really loves True Lies, um, and it's actually and it's basically as close as you can get to a official True Lies sequel as as has ever happened. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and it's actually be- came about because a real rich person decided to hire Tom Arnold to write a True Lies sequel for his dying kid. That's weird. It's so weird and meta. I don't know. wait. No, no, no. Hold up, hold up, hold uh-huh, up. I uh-huh, remember. Uh-huh. I remember reading about uh-huh. this now. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it had Shaq in it. Maybe uh, Shaq showed up in all kinds of stupid shit. I mean, yeah, no, it's called the kid and I. Need need I remind everyone, Shaq Fu. I love Shaq Fu. It was so slow and clunky. <laughs> so terrible. And and also inadvertently racist to Muslims <laughs> too. But last action hero. So I think the big issue with the movie is, despite the fact that it should like reach a real crescendo. When it comes, like, the, everyone pounces back into the real world and Jack Slater has to live in our rules and so forth. I think that's where the movie really finally loses steam. Yeah. And it was, and I know it's a dumb action movie, but, and I hate saying this, and I feel like I'm going to full body convulse, but it wasn't believable. <laughs> like, <laughs> it didn't, it doesn't feel like the real, it feels like Hollywood's version of the real world. Yeah. Which, which only feels real because, we had the heightened version of the movie that we just watched for an hour so that by comparison, this is more grounded, but it's really still not grounded. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. But it does lose energy. It loses pacing. It loses style. Uh, as dumb and doofy as the action movie within the action movie was, I preferred it to the sequences that took place in the real world. Yeah. And it also, it's, it's also, it's yeah. like, from a writer's perspective, if we want to go and look at, um, Dan Harmon's uh, hero's journey. The kid goes into the movie, and then the kid comes out of the movie. Like, on a hero's journey perspective, when you come out of the movie, that's when your adventure is supposed to end. Like, but then sticking around the real world and having an adventure there, to then go back in the movie to drop someone off to come back out of the movie, is just an entire act you don't need on that hero's journey circle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that, that, I mean, it is, but, but when we're talking about the hero's journey, it's not just Dan Harmon, it's the actual hero's journey. Uh, you go in, you learn a lesson, you go back to the real world. That's the cycle, and that's what works, because you're, like, you're learning something from that. I'm not sure what the kid learned about the last act, except, you know, oh, look, the real world has its own rules, but the kid already knew that. There was, there was nothing for him to learn. And as much as Arnold Schwarzenegger's character learned something, or gained some insight because he was able to save a kid, after his first kid, like, died in a similar situation. Won't spoil, but spoiling. Um, like, that whole last act thing for him, he wasn't the protagonist of the film. Yeah. So him having a it, hero's journey moment doesn't make as much sense because there's no depth to him. He's just, a, he's just a side character. He's the sidekick to the kid. And, like, was the kid supposed to learn that he didn't need to be so invested in action films because he totally didn't learn that? I'm confused by this movie the more I think about it. 
Yeah, I'm trying to rationalize the irrational, and my brain's just kind of going into a feedback loop. I, I have a feeling that this was entirely studio mandates and like things that the con the, the contract for Schwarzenegger demanded and things that Sony demanded oh. and like Well and also like I was reading or when I was researching it for the podcast, mm -hmm. I remember reading a blurb somewhere about how many um script doctors worked on it. Yeah. And when when you have more than one or two script doctors, you know you're in for a treat. Like <laughs> Yeah. Because I remember, uh, I think Carrie Fisher was on that list. She was. Yeah, there's two credited yeah. screenwriters for it, and they aren't the ones who are credited with the story by, because the previous script was basically thrown out. Uh, yeah. Shane Black is one of well, two credited writers on it, but there are also like three or four other script doctors credited as well. Yeah, and yeah. if I remember correctly, Shane Black also did not like the movie because the script was trash. So. Yeah. He, it's he, like, he, but you wrote it! Well, he said it was far from the vision that he had, which means it went even yeah. further afield after that. That shows you how far this film wandered. Yeah, and I really, really would like to see uh, kind of, you know, the the original, original thought original. for it. Yeah, yeah. There, there is the, the, the one that's written by Zach Penn and someone else. The original, original script. Is out there somewhere because it was. I think it was even referenced on the Wikipedia page. That's I looked it up earlier too. Um, so it is out there, and you can go see it. And it is, from what I understand, substantially different. The whole coming out of the movie afterwards and all that wasn't in the original script. Yeah. So that was so goofy. Yeah, and the kid was aged down in the in the later version. So it's again because this it feels like it's trying to parody R-rated movies. But then it does all this goofy PG and PG thirteen humor in there. It's it's very mishmash. Yeah, it it didn't know what it was. It seemed it seemed like Hollywood or like the studio messed with it. Yeah, messed with it a lot. Studio demands that was that yeah. I think is the lesson to take away from this. It's a good core concept, and there's some really amusing moments. And I think if the film could have focused on any one type of thing, like. Just be an Arnold Schwarzenegger comedy, or just be an Arnold Schwarzenegger action parody, or this, or that. Like, it could have worked, but you have, like, four or five competing ideas, because you had, like, four or five competing script doctors, uh, yeah. tearing this movie in different directions. It's fun, but it doesn't work. Yeah. So, mm. if, if you were to have to be at that fictional police office, uh, like, like the, the police department, if you were to have to be at that fictional police department, who would you get paired up with as your fictional partner? In that police department, or yes. just in like in, in that police department? I don't know. I don't. Even, uh... You could come up with anything. I, although I do have to say, I like being paired up with the rabbi. That's hilarious. I'm not sure. I think if I saw that police force, honestly, I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go. I'll, I'd be the solo guy. I work alone. Like Jack I work Slater. alone. <laughs> Yeah, I work alone. I would be Jack Slater, just in a doughier body. <laughs> you're pa <laughs> Schaefer, you're paired up with Harvey Birdman. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I work with Harvey Birdman. I was going to say Hawkman, but I wanted something goofier, so Harvey Birdman works. Harvey Birdman works. <laughs> fly me, Harvey. <laughs> I want to fly, <laughs> carry me. <laughs> this isn't a love story, Harvey. Come here, I can't be mad at you. Yeah, I can see that working. This has been Not So Live from Asteroid D. Stuck inside the movie, but never able to escape. I'm your host, Mike <laughs> Finkelstein. 
I'm Mrs. Birdman. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see you next time. The relationship got more serious, like, substantially in the 30 seconds. (laughs) 30 seconds! Wow!